All right, everybody. Welcome back to We Dig Tennessee. I'm your host, Matt Mingus. Glad to have you guys listening again. Uh, it's been uh, an, an exciting week uh, for Nuka of Middle Tennessee. We participated in the Washington Summit, where we had the opportunity to sit down and, and talk with our our congressmen, our, our senators and representatives uh, in Washington, D.C. And although this year we had to do it virtually, uh, which was a new experience, it was still very powerful. And I feel like we had a lot of great engagement from the, the folks that we talked to. Uh, so today we're going to do kind of a little recap of what was going on. And we've got three guests with us this week that were all instrumental in our conversations with our Congress. Uh, we've got Mr. Joe Tipton. Joe, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good, buddy. Thanks for being with us today. Hey, glad to be here. Uh, we got our new executive director, Miss Natalie Hansen. Natalie, how are you today? I'm fine, thank you. Glad to be here. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for joining us. Uh, and we've got my regular co-host, Mr. Craig Ingram from Tennessee 811. Craig, how you doing, bud? Uh, I'm doing good, Matt. I just want to real quick hit on something. Uh, you and Stephen Whitehouse were talking bad about me on a previous episode of the podcast, and I want everyone to know that I didn't appreciate it. But I'm happy to be here today, so thanks for the opportunity. <laughs> hey, man, I'm, we, were, we were just chatting. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, guys, uh, I thank you all for joining me uh, and to kind of fill our members in on, on what, what we talked about with our congressman uh, over all pretty much all day yesterday. We started at 8 a.m. and we had a, a final wrap-up call at about 4 p.m. Uh, and we, we had, I thought, some great conversation w- with our with our congressman. Uh, uh, and we spoke with Scott DeJarlay, uh Marsha Blackburn's office, uh, Congressman Rose, and Congressman Cooper. Did I leave anybody out, guys? Fleischman. Yeah, as part of the partnership with East Tennessee, Joe and I had the chance to talk to uh, Congressman Fleischman at the start mm-hmm. of the day. He covers the third district, which is uh, down in the Chattanooga area. Oh, okay, awesome. Yeah, I, I wasn't a part of that one, but I hope it went as well as the ones we had. Um, so, and I'll, I guess I'll kind of kick us off, guys, uh, on the on the few things on the major three major topics we kind of talked about with them. Uh, you know damage prevention and pipeline safety was one of the main topics. And, you know, as I'm sure everybody in our industry seen or has heard in the end of 2018, there was an incident where a gas explosion in the Merrimack Valley in Massachusetts. And, uh, and, uh, you know, that sparked a lot of legislation on distribution gas and how, how damage prevention and, and pressurizing systems is handled. And then in the end of 2019, around September, the guidance that FEMSHA had expired and didn't get quite renewed 100%. So that's, you know, we, we talked about addressing some things that are going to go into that when it does get renewed, like safety management systems. You know, they were talking about, there was some language about making that a, a, a oh, I would always forget the word, a mandate, a mandating SMS systems rather than, letting those SMS systems be part of our living, breathing safety cultures that we can adapt and change as regulations and standards change. And, you know, we want to avoid that becoming just another, another checklist that some, that some regulator comes out and checks off on our job sites. Um, we also talked about, you know, getting stronger enforcement for vandalism on pipeline projects. 
you know, I'm pretty sure if you've dug ditches long enough, you, you've had your equipment vandalized and your crews harassed by different organizations or whatever it might be, you know, and it's not just a hindrance, but it's a safety issue for our guys. Uh, we, we talked about uh, state damage enforcement programs. I don't know how many of our members, but I'm pre- pretty sure probably most of them have rubbed up against our damage prevention enforcement board. Uh, you know, one of the things we want to we would like to see when in this new language would be, you know, more even and fair enforcement. There's 60 to 70 utilities that are not a part of our ten, our state 811 system, even though the dig law requires it. So we'd like to see see a little help on getting some of that stuff sorted out. And then we also talked about the five pillars of damage prevention that NUCA stands behind that would create a pretty fair system for for everybody. You know. The pillar one being facility owners and operators belonging to their respective one call centers, uh, excavators calling 811 before they dig, uh, f- facilities are accurately marked on time and prior to excavation, contractors potholing during excavation, and state authorities provide full and balanced enforcement of those damage prevention laws. You know, with those five things, we would have a pretty fair and pretty balanced system. Uh, if everybody did their part, you know, if all the utilities are members, if excavators call 811, if the things get marked timely and accurately, and then if we do our due diligence while we're excavating to make sure we're respecting marks, digging carefully around existing utilities and doing everything we possibly can not to hit them, you know, we should have a pretty fair system where we shouldn't even really need people cracking down on us in those, in those ways. So, I don't know about you guys, but I know Craig, you you kind of helped me out a little bit when we were talking about this stuff with you working for eight one one. How do you think the message got delivered? You know, I think it was well received, and I was really impressed by how interested some of these legislators got whenever we mentioned those topics to them. You know, we we were talking to uh, senators, congressmen at the national level who you know aren't voting on state level legislation. But they are enact this, uh, excuse me, enacting policies at the federal level that end up trickling down and being reflected in state level legislation. So uh, as relevant as it is, I was kind of wondering if they wouldn't see how relevant it was to begin with and it wouldn't really resonate with them. But we had several of um, these great folks that we got to talk to and they would just latch on to that and look at it from the safety standpoint and uh, you know, how it's kind of unfair towards contractors if utilities aren't doing what's expected of them, not to mention any other players who can kind of fit into enforcement in Tennessee. But the really cool thing that I, uh, and you commented on this earlier, Matt, was uh, damage prevention kind of ties all three of our big topics of discussion uh, together because damage prevention is kind of the insurance policy that protects all of the funding that we're trying to secure to go into these projects. If we're talking about broadband, if we're talking about water and wastewater, if we're talking about, you know, gas and petroleum pipelines, damage prevention is what protects that um, investment, you know, that taxpayer money and these other sources of of funds uh, protects all of that. So I think they recognize that. I think it contributed to great discussion and uh, was well received. I agree. Joe, you, you kind of, since we were, Craig kind of gave us a perfect transition, you, you really had a lot to, to say when we were talking about getting funding for, for water and wastewater. And how, how do you, how do you think that message was received? 
I think it was received excellent. They they were very responsive. I have to say, I was a member, or actually, a, I I was involved in this last year when we actually went to Capitol Hill. Although a great experience, I have to say this virtual experience was outstanding. Um, it seemed more personal to me uh, with the senators uh, that did, you know, that were on the call with us and on online. It was, uh, I just felt more connected. They seemed very, very, very open. They want to support us. Um, obviously, I talked about funding because, as you know, um, our infrastructure handles everything from bridges, roads, all the way down to underground utility. And it seems like with the state revolving fund amount that I was explaining to them and the uh, activity bonds needing, needing to be uncapped. And the reason we gave them was the fact that, you know, it seems like everything gets done above ground first. And then as it trickles down to us underground, it uh, there's not as much funding left. So if they could raise those caps, uh, that would definitely help. They seemed like they were all aboard on that. Obviously, we have a president in office. It's all about infrastructure. Um, also, I drove home a point that I felt was well-received about us being an essential industry. Uh, the fact that COVID is here so strong and people are losing jobs and out of work. And by uh, creating more work, uh, by, you know, giving us more money to be able to do these projects, um, it'll put people to work. Um, I gave them some statistics that was actually, I got from NUCA itself, which has been a great resource through this whole thing, that the state of Tennessee alone needs $54 billion for infrastructure. And um, for every billion dollars that we spend on infrastructure, it creates 27,000 jobs, Matt. That's, that's amazing. You figure if you if you used all 54 billion, that equates to like 1.5 million jobs that people would be doing and working. We wouldn't have as many people in the street, you know, losing their apartments and things like that. And these senators, you know, it's congressmen are all looking for re-election as well. And I think that really drove a, a point home to them. Uh, I was real pleased and, and uh, I felt, I felt that they were definitely in, uh, in there with us, supporting us. And uh, I have to say, Nuka did a great job preparing us as well. Um, I went in guns loaded and blazing. So I, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, it, it, we did for sure, man. And, and you're right, Nuka did. They gave us some great resources and some great support. And, uh, you know, when we started that morning on the on the conference call where they were kind of getting everybody set up and, and you know, prepared to walk into their, or uh, I guess, click into their, their meetings with their congressmen, and they, you know, were giving us some tips on how to get their attention and how to get them engaged and talked about, you know, if you want to make your point about infrastructure, then take the sewer lines that we have today, raise them 15 feet in the air and see how many people want to walk underneath them. I, just, I thought some of those, some of those examples they gave us were just freaking awesome. That's so true. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, and, and then the third thing we really focused on was broadband and expanding broadband into you know, communities that, that don't have great internet access and, and or rural communities where they haven't, you know, even taken the time to try and expand decent internet out there. Cause you know, as Natalie pointed out in several of our sessions, the, you know, some of these school systems are able to give kids computers or iPads, but then once the kids get home, they don't have access to, to decent internet. So trying to, you know, make the point that our industry, the ones that can carry, this broadband with greater download speeds and stuff into 
these communities and get this copper that just doesn't fit the bill out of the ground. Uh, that seemed to grab their attention too. What I mean, what do you guys think? I thought it was pretty funny, Matt, when uh, one of the uh, staff members at the Capitol had a camera but didn't have proper internet service to be able to participate on the on the call. Yeah, that's true. You're absolutely right. That was pretty funny. He was complaining about the internet they have at the Capitol. That was pretty good. Yeah, very telling. Yeah, it was. I mean, you you said a line that I think we can kind of build on there, and it's um, you know the copper in the ground doesn't necessarily fit the bill. But uh, again, back to the resources that Nuka National provided, uh, the copper in the ground does fit the bill for the current requirements. But that's part of the problem because a lot of the funding sources that are out there, like the the USDA has the broadband reconnect program that provides funding for. Uh, people to build out broadband networks in these uh, quote-unquote high-cost rural areas. Uh, some of that funding sets a minimum speed of 25 megabit download, 3 megabit upload. But, you know, DSL and some of these technologies that uh, are utilized, or excuse me, that utilize existing copper, they can meet those speeds, or at least they claim that they can meet those speeds. So it, it inhibits building out of fiber optic networks that can handle uh, larger bandwidths, more traffic, you know, be more future proof. So one of the things that we were able to talk about uh, with this congressman and, and with the senator, uh, the senator's staff, was that we need to bring up those goals, those targets, those minimums. You know, we need to be working closer to 100 megabit download, 100 megabit upload so that we have to put fiber optic out there. You know, the tried and true technology that can handle that traffic and, and can make this, you know, worthwhile and, and secure that investment. So lots of good discussion there too. You know, Matt, Craig, I have to say something that uh, really, really hit me when I was watching their faces as you guys were discussing this. When you said that, you know, we're in a time right now with COVID where everybody's home. Families are having to do everything from home, including, uh, you know, online classes for their for their children. And one of you mentioned that parents, some parents are in such rural areas that they're having to actually go to supermarket parking lots or, you know, different areas where they can pick up uh, Wi-Fi and, and, and get online to just get their children the schooling they need. Their faces during that it was like a light bulb came on. You can just see it. And uh, I thought that was really, really strong. Uh, it, it was amazing. I, I loved it. It was a great point. Yeah, and, and I agree. And you could tell that really caught their attention when we were talking about the, the poor condition of our infrastructure and how the next Flint, Michigan could be anywhere in Tennessee in any one of their districts or even when we were talking about damage prevention and we mentioned the the 60 or 70 utility companies that were not a part of 811 and you know they all kind of looked up in in shock and wanted to know who they were and and really took interest and I thought did a really good job of engaging with us and asking great questions I I cuz I was a little concerned going into this doing the virtual platform versus going to DC which I unfortunately wasn't able to be a part of so uh, how do y'all think the virtual platform went as far as engagement with the, with the representatives and the senators? Because I was surprised at how well I thought it went. I thought it was uh, a lot more relaxed environment. I think everyone felt more comfortable. 
there wasn't suit and ties required. And I think uh, everyone was just in a much more comfortable environment. And I was impressed with how knowledgeable a lot of the congressmen were on the issues that we were talking about. You know, to, to, to enlighten on that as well, I, you know what I felt, Matt and, and Natalie and Craig, I felt that I wasn't on their turf. In other words, I didn't feel like I was on guard because I was going in their office, sitting on their chair, and I was in the comforts of my home. So I felt like I was on my solid ground, which made me feel stronger and more confident. And, and I think it may have been the same for them and Natalie's point that, you know, we weren't in suits and ties necessarily. And I could, I could peek at my notes without it being obvious I was peeking at my notes. I think, uh, you know, although being there in person was an amazing experience, it's a shame you didn't get to make it, Matt, but I'm sure next year we'll get to do it in person. Um, even though that was an amazing experience, I think this one rang right up there with it as well. Okay. Yeah. I, I wanted to be there last year. I think that was the one Nuka event I didn't make last year. I was disappointed, but yeah, I agree. I, I loved being able to have, you know, be on my computer, but to have my other, my other screen ready to go with, with my talking points and my other stuff. And, and you're right. It did make me feel a lot more comfortable and, and able to, you know, it, having never been to Capitol Hill before and been inside the building, if I walked in there and had to sit down in their offices, I think I would have been already a little intimidated by being in the home of our government. So it was a, uh, it definitely, I had a little comfortability about me. I agree with that. Yeah, I would second and third both of y'all's comments on that front, because going into this, I was a little intimidated to be meeting with these, you know, high profile figures and discussing these topics and more or less asking for money for our industry. That is kind of a daunting, imposing task. But uh, the setting that we were in where, you know, I was in my home office that day and I was sitting at my computer, you know, with notes available and all these things that you guys have hit on, it did feel like it helped to level the playing field. But the other thing that I'll say, you know, based on my experience is these guys could, uh, and, and gals, the, the men and women, uh, they could not have been more receptive to us. They were so polite and uh, interested in hearing us out. And they treated us like the subject matter experts, because we've got to remember going into this that uh, they are knowledgeable on a lot of different topics, but the nature of their job doesn't allow them to dive into the depth of it that those of us and those in our industry who are in the field on a daily basis and dealing with these issues they may not have the same level of insight that we have on our specific topics. And they understood that. They asked us questions. They you know, shared what they did know and used that to fuel discussion. And the hospitality was what really just blew me away because I was afraid we were going to go in and feel like you know, their time was valuable and we were eating too much of it up and we needed to speed it up. And I never got that impression. No, I agree, Humberson. I thought the same thing. I thought... You know, when we first set these meetings up, we were hoping for 15 to 20 minutes with them. And I think for every one, we went 30 or above. And I never felt like we needed a rush to end them. They were they were more than happy to continue talking with us, I thought. I agree. Well, and speaking, we, we were all comfortable working from our home offices and, and our, our work offices instead of having to be on their turf. But Natalie, we kind of put you on the spot being 
really your first full week on the job as ED and you're jumping into the Washington summit with it, with us, how'd it go for you? Well, I'm, I'm glad to say I survived it, but, uh, it, it was a great experience. Now I really liked the virtual, uh, arrangement, uh, as you know, I've had a little bit of experience in that in the past. And, uh, as I pointed out in the wrap up, uh, call yesterday, this is obviously a much more financially efficient way to do these, but there is something to be said for in-person meetings as well. You know, one of the things I pointed out yesterday, specifically on the safety issue, was that this was not a partisan subject matter. It was a human matter. We're all interested in bringing our employees home to their families every evening and that safety is a culture in all of our companies. But, you know, the more I think about it, that approach applies to every element we were bringing forward. None of our requests should be a partisan issue. You know, if someone's water goes out, their sewer line backs up, their electricity goes off, their gas lines aren't working, they don't care what party you're on at that point. And I think that's something that resonated with them yesterday. And it's probably something they maybe not have thought about that much in the past. So I think that's a, a way, an approach that we need to use moving forward, not only at the federal level, but at the state level as well. Yeah, I absolutely agree. You're, you're absolutely right. It's, none of this is a partisan issue. This is a human issue. Everybody has needs the ability to have running water and flowing sewer and be able to keep their houses warm and and running and have internet so that their kids and can go to school in these times and they they can work from home and all the things that our world's facing right now you know these are these are all things that everybody ha- should have and, and and our industry can supply that and i think we delivered a message to our congressmen that that they're they, they were genuinely interested in and several of them straight up said we want to get you guys this funding and I just hope we I hope we see it happen. All right. Um, any any closing thoughts from many of you guys on 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 yesterday and and any further insight for any of our members listening? I think I would just suggest that anybody who is scared, uh, a little hesitant, a little nervous, feels underprepared, Nuka National does a great job of helping prepare us. At the chapter level, not only uh, do our peers, you know, have a lot of good insight to provide, but Natalie brings some great experience on the legislative and kind of lobbying front to the table. We are only going to get more prepared to tackle this kind of situation. And as someone who did it for the first time this year, I went into it a little sheepish and came out the other side thinking that was fun and I want to do this again. So. Anybody who hasn't had the opportunity, you know, isn't super excited about the thought of it, give it a try. And and I think it'll pay off for not only that person, uh, but hopefully contribute to pay off in our industry. And I, I want to piggyback that, Craig, Matt, and Natalie. Um, people that want to get involved in NUCA, if you're not involved and you are fearful of doing things like this, remember, NUCA is a sledgehammer. These senators know what we do they know there's votes in these uh in these divisions uh that we're people 
that we work hard, that we're on the ground with our sleeves rolled up, and um, they're there to they're there to serve our country, and um, we're here to serve our contractors, and uh, you go into this prepared because they make sure you are. And uh, Craig said it well. I think uh, you know, like I said, I did it last year in person. Was a little more intimidated, more, more really this year going into it because it was on the internet. Uh, but with uh, tools I was I was given to uh, to be a part of this, it was it was effortless. I mean, it, and plus our our platform is so strong and so needed that it's easy to talk about. I mean, we work in the industry, so we're already passionate. Uh, that's that's my thoughts on the closing part of this. Yeah, and Matt, I'd just like to add, I sent a follow-up email to every one of the offices that we spoke with and gave them all of our position papers and our fact sheets. And within the email, I also extended an invitation to uh, the people that we spoke to on the phone, as well as the office's staff and the representatives themselves, that if they ever wanted to visit a job site, here in our area, just let us know which one and uh, what they were interested in, and we would arrange some tours for them to help further drive our, uh, you know, our concepts further and help educate them a bit more on it. That would be awesome. I, I know at Team Construction, we would be happy to do some job site visits for any of our congressmen that are that are interested, uh, and I'm sure we have plenty of other. Uh, contractor members that, that would be willing to do the same, even associate members that are willing that want to show their their side of the business from what Hopos does to what United does to even eight one one and how, why it's so vital to contractors. You know, the, I'm pretty sure any of us would be happy to facilitate that. Uh, and the, another thing on our wrap up call that I thought was really interesting was after the vert the what well, the seeming success of the virtual side of things was that Nuka started talking about doing this more often still doing the in-person, you know, go to the Capitol Hill and sit down in their offices and talk to them. And, but maybe, you know, do that once a year and then do a virtual one once a year so we can continually get our message in front of uh, our Congress. And I think that's a fantastic idea. And it also led us to the discussion of just doing it here at a state level, which I'm excited about. And I believe Natalie's already working on that. Yes, I am. That, that's huge. That is huge. Yeah. So, so guys, if you want, if, if you're hearing this and you, you hearing how powerful this experience was for us, please, you know, get involved and join us next time and, and join us at the state level. You know, that's going to make a huge impact for what we're trying to do just here in, in middle Tennessee and in East Tennessee, where these two chapters uh, are, are focused and, and, and just join our, us and support us and, and continue to create strength in numbers and that voice that we always talk about, you know, we, we've, for the past, two years been talking about creating this voice and growing this voice. And now we're starting to put that voice in action with our Congress and with our state senators and, and, and representatives. And, and it's, it's, we're really starting to get some fuel to the fire now. So if you've been hesitant and been not really engaged, it's time to step in and start getting engaged and, and join in with us guys. So I'll, I'll, I'll leave it there and I'll stop talking because I'm starting to get a little wound up again. Cause yesterday was just, like I said, such an awesome experience. So, uh, Craig, Natalie, Joe, thank you guys for joining us today. Uh, thank you guys for being there yesterday and being such great support and bringing such great information. And I, I thought everybody did a fantastic job speaking with our Congress. And 
And I, again, I can't thank you guys enough. Thank you. Great work all around. Thank you. All right, guys. Again, I want to say a huge thank you to Natalie, Craig, and Joe for coming on and doing a little bit of a follow-up to uh, the Washington Summit with us. Uh, it really was an incredibly powerful experience to be able to sit and talk with your with your legislators and the congressmen and women who, you know, fight to govern and lead this country uh, and, and to get our message in front of them. So, again, I encourage everybody to step in there and get active and, and be a part of it. Um, before and, and you know, getting active and, and being that involved in it, guys, if you want to get more involved and have more of a voice, I say this every week, we still have two open board spots for contractors on the board of directors for our chapter here in, in Middle Tennessee. In East Tennessee, they're still growing, still adding, still getting after it. So join in there. Get that. Get your voice in there. Be a part of our voice. Help us out. Um, right, as we close this up, I'm going to fill you guys in on a couple of chapter events. I know East Tennessee just did their dove hunt, and they had a great time at that one. So we're looking to hopefully hear a little bit from them about how that went. And they're going to be getting a schedule of upcoming events out here shortly uh, with Wendy, their new executive director, taking over. Uh, she's got some work ahead of her to try and get uh, get with the board and get some events out there for everybody, and I'm excited about what they're going to have coming. Uh, here in Middle Tennessee, we've got a couple events upcoming. We've got a clay shoot November 13th. Uh, guys, get registered for that one. Let's uh, get out there, have some fun, shoot some clays. Uh, due to COVID-19, you know, we can't do a big reception or lunch or anything like that, so we're just going to get out there, shoot, get to see one another again, finally get back in person. Uh, and have a little bit of fun. So be on the lookout for that one. Uh, still got the uh, Virtual Tech Summit upcoming uh, on October 15th. Uh, we're going to have Bad- Badger Daylighting, uh, Sam, and Precision Pipe and Supply presenting about all kinds of technology that we can use in our industry. And don't and don't think technology means computers and cell phones. Technology is a lot deeper than that, and that's the kind of technology we're going to be talking about, the kind of technology we could use every day in the field. Uh, we've got uh, a training with Scott Knobloch, mass maximizing job site or job, excuse me, maximizing job efficiencies in equipment operation for civil contractors. Live seminar with Nobby. Nobby actually popped in on a couple of our summit meetings, and it, it was pretty cool to note that whenever, whenever somebody from Caterpillar joined the call, all the all the congressmen took note. They knew Caterpillar was there. They knew how much power comes from Caterpillar when when it, at the time that they need it. Uh, but he, he's traveled the world for Caterpillar uh, and has a ton of experience and is going to come do this live seminar for us. So be be signing up for that one too, December 2nd. Uh, we're looking into other great virtual ideas and in-person ideas for to round out the year too. So always always pay attention to those weekly emails in the end of these podcasts when I'm telling you what's coming up because it's you know we're working hard to get this stuff out there and provide value. Um. Okay, holiday reception, December 5th, 5 to 8, Nashville Golf Athletic Club. Uh, bring your spouse, your significant other. You know, we're, we're doing kind of a cocktail reception. Everybody get a chance to get together and just mingle and network. And, you know, we, we spend a lot of time on NUCA stuff in our, dailies, in our, in our daily, stu- uh, daily lives. And we, we want to extend that and let everybody get a chance to, to experience and including your families and see just how powerful of an organization we're working towards building. So, uh, be on, so be signing up for that December 5th, five to eight national golf athletic club should be a good time. Um, 
and other than that, guys, we, we've still got our Each One Reach One membership contest going on. Guys, get recruiting. We're coming down to the wire. We're going to award this winner at the holiday reception. Uh, remember, we've got two winners. One for the contractor member who recruits the most members, and one for the associate member who recruits the most new members. So let, let's let's get out there and get recruiting, guys. We're guys, we're we're growing. We're growing fast here in Middle Tennessee, and we can hopefully, and I, I think it's very very much within reach, be over sixty members by the end of this year. I would like to see us be sixty members by the time we show up at this holiday party, and we can celebrate that. That would be freaking killer. So, like I said, guys, a little bit earlier, we're really starting to grow that voice and get that voice in front of the right people. So help us continue to grow and strengthen that voice here in Middle Tennessee. Same in East Tennessee. East Tennessee is headed down the right track, guys. They are growing, bringing in members, just hired their first executive director. They're they're skyrocketing. So same thing there. Be recruiting. doesn't matter which chapter. Let's get people involved in growing this voice. Middle and East are going to have to work together to make an impact at a state level. So let's recruit for everyone. Uh, and, and with that, guys, I'll kind of leave it there. Um, I'm hope, We're hoping to get a, a follow-up from how the East Tennessee um, uh, summit meetings went here for you shortly. And we're also going to be getting some interviews together with Wendy, the new executive director of East Tennessee, so you guys can kind of get to know her, and of Natalie, the new executive director of Middle Tennessee, so you guys can kind of get to know her as well. Um, and outside of that, guys, get signed up for these events. Be on the lookout for your weekly emails uh, from Natalie, from Wendy, and event upcoming events, and let's continue to pour life into this organization because we're doing a great job. So with that, guys, everybody stay safe out there and keep digging Tennessee.